Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Morning footy, Michelle Jingers alongside Nico Cantor. Mike Grella joins the show today and Alexis Guerreras and Chris Whittingham will join us later on for headlines. Uh, Grella, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Welcome back, baby. Yeah, it's nice. You make little midweek appearances every once in a while. Absolutely. And with my two guys, Nico and Alexis. Nice. I thought you were going to. With his NYCFC. I know. He's trying to start stuff right now. I swear he does it on You know, there's two rebel people on this desk. I had to represent. You had to represent. Exactly. All right. Good stuff. All right. Shall we transition a little bit now? Please. Beats Cup action. There have been some great games last night. No exception to that. Here's a look at the Tuesday results. Philadelphia and the Red Bulls. Uh, Philadelphia ultimately winning on penalties to Luka and Minnesota. Minnesota advantage on PKs. A lot of PKs in these games. Uh, the game that we're going to talk about the most, Club America and Nashville SC. What a thriller. Nashville advances on penalties as well. And I think we just jump in there. Monterey with a 1-0 win over Tigres too. This Club America game, though, against Nashville, a thriller. It is a bad day to be a League's Cup hater because this tournament has brought all the heat. Malagón saving the penalty. He just tripped off the line. This oh, yeah. looked like the penalty kick save that would give America the win. And no, Malagón off the line. It would be repeated. They had to clear the field. And uh, finally, the penalty Ooh. kick is saved. But Jonathan Dos Santos. Yeah, but he missed a penalty kick. There are certain rules there. Um, and, and, and Lovitz converts the penalty kicks. And Nashville ends up winning. It, uh, there was it, what, a it, it four, five-minute gap, right? Be, no, almost like 15 minutes, 10 oh, minutes. Oh, wow. What, once Maragón saved the penalty kick where he did step off the line, they had to clear the field afterwards because America was celebrating as yeah. if they had won it. Mm-hmm. And the game was getting heated. The crowd was really into it. Uh, and, and it had to be repeated. So if you miss a penalty, if the goalkeeper steps off of his line but you miss the penalty kick and you didn't impact the player... It's, it, it's you don't repeat it. But what about the ones that you jump off the line and you save if you're for Nashville? And, and it gets repeated. Just, just <laughs> no, like, yeah, you just, missed the last part. You said, and you, you're for Nashville. Which yeah, the he's saying that they didn't Nashville those. goalkeeper made a save that he hopped off the line. Oh, as well. oh, oh that's what you're... Ah, and, that's, and so I, I like, because you were, you were mentioned off camera before with Dida from AC Milan back in the day, and the goalkeepers yeah. were getting ridiculous coming off the line so much closing the angle on penalties. And, yeah, and that's but now, put this now the consistency with the, with the way they call it is a little bit... I, I don't know. And, and the, the goalkeeper from, from uh, Club America, he goes off the line like, like this much. Yeah. It's like a little bunny hop. So what are, what are, the what are we going to draw the line? The rule is you have to have 
one foot on the line. You can have one foot off of it the moment that the kick's taken and one foot on the line. Mm -hmm. I, the I, I, I understand your concern with the lack of consistency. <clears throat> I feel like ever since they implemented this one foot on, one foot off the line, they've tried to be as, especially with VAR, they've tried to be as consistent Wait, so as then possible. if he jumps off the line and he scores, it counts? And he, if, if the goalkeeper comes off his line and the, and, and the, and the taker scores, it counts. It counts. Okay. Yeah. I think the advantage to hopping off with two feet is that you could still go both ways. If you hop off with one foot, you're essentially <laughs> it would, leaning. It would be super awkward. Right? Off one <laughs> you just kind of fall. <laughs> you just kind of fall the other direction. It's, I, it, I, it's, it takes something away from the game, though. Obviously, you got to get the call right, but it does take something away from the game where everyone celebrated, the fans are on their way out, and they're like, nope, bring it back. We're going to yeah, do yeah. one more. Yeah. It was so yesterday in Copa Libertadores, it was, I mean, look, he's two steps off. With, with VAR, it's Actually, that everything is like so, everything is so minute. You, you, like, this is, these uh -huh. are the things, this is empirically, he had both feet off of his line. Yesterday in Copa Libertadores, anecdotally with VAR and penalty kicks, in, in, in the River game that they lost to, to Inter, there was a penalty kick taker for River. The, the spot was a little bit muddy, and he slipped, the ball lifted, and it hit his, the foot that he placed, it hit his ankle, and then he hit it. He, had, he hit the ball twice. He made contact oh. twice with the ball. And Inadvertently. They went to VAR. They had stopped the shootout for like three minutes. They were reviewing, and they gave no goal. The ball had gone in, but no goal because he, he uh. and that's just... Yeah. The minute details. And now with VAR, you need to be precise. on the ball. Like on, yeah. well, no pun intended. You need to be <laughs> very precise with those things. Yeah. Um, in general, this is the most we've chatted about League's Cup, I feel like, in a long time. And it's, not said Messi? <laughs> well, that as well. I mean, it, but, and I think Messi, that's part of the larger conversation, that he does play a factor, and I think why so many people have paid attention this year specifically to League's right. Cup to this point. But, Grella, like, when you were playing, League's Cup didn't even exist. So... Take it easy. Take it easy. So, <laughs> Way back in the oh day. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting fired from both directions. Yeah. <laughs> um, how have you seen it evolve to what it is today? Uh, to me, so I, I tuned in. Uh, I only I love Champions League. I love Copa Libertadores. I love uh, the highest level, right? And, and so not League's Cup is not the highest level. It's mm -hmm. a good level. But I started watching because of Messi. I right. wanted to that see. That makes sense. Especially because it's Messi's first games. I wanted to see... Is Messi buying in? What does the team look like? What are you know? I always love to see the battle between the, Amer the um, American teams and the, and the Mexican teams in general. Mm -hmm. So I started watching because of Messi, and then I saw a lot of quality, uh, and and then I started watching more of it, and, and not just Inter Miami. I started watching the LAFC games, the Philadelphia games, the New York Rebel games, and there's a lot of quality, and it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Game ends in a draw. Straight to penalties, it gets, it's one and done right there, and, and single elimination knockout. The only thing that maybe some teams are not going to like about it is if you get knocked out early on in the group stages, then you have this sort of awkward length of time in the middle of the season where you have to sort of figure and out the balance. For Mexican what that teams, looks like. it's the beginning of the season. Some yeah. teams only have two games under their belt. Look at Chivas, knocked out group stage, and yeah. they just have to cut the, the SpongeBob meme at the, at the diner with the <laughs> coffee and, and, and yeah. the, on the yeah. table waiting to play. It, it's a balance. The thing is that. It's if you can get as a, as, a foot, as a football team and the football players, if you can get over the fact that essentially what it is is a, it's a money grab by by some Liga MX and Major League Soccer, right? right? You're, you're bringing your two best products, putting them together on a field, um, and I think the last couple of League Cups when it was a smaller format, you could feel like you could feel that I don't know if everybody was bought in when you get when you got 
Yeah. Pretty big MLS matchups versus Liga MX matchups in the final. Okay, it's the final. But here with the, you bring in Messi, the games go straight to penalty kicks. There was a group stage. It's, it's been super fun. Yeah. The fans have bought in and, and they've created now and it's what? It's the third year that they've done Leeds Cup, fourth year. Third, because yeah, the previous it, was, it wasn't this long of a competition. Right, this is the first time that it's, it's like this. Yeah. The one I'm strange thing, it. Nico, the one strange thing too is that it's played only in the States. Right. So the next, there's only two teams out of the eight that are Mexican still, mm -hmm. right? And and you have to wonder what what home field advantage looks like if yeah. that's... Tigres versus Monterrey, not in one of those two uh, it, you know, it was stadiums. It a little bit awkward, yes. Yeah, right? it, there's an awkerness to it. There's yeah. an unfortunateness yeah. to it. Right. Because, but it is you fun. know, the atmosphere would have been even more lit. Yeah. But it's a good opportunity for the fans of those clubs here in this country as well, not to take anything away from them. I was just, like, scrolling on Twitter yesterday, and, and the takeaway that I saw a lot was just exactly what you said. Like, people had tuned in initially because Messi was coming, and, and it's a tournament right away to see what he can do with Inter-Miami. And But from there, just being completely captivated by the other storylines that were going on, some of these Mexican teams that have defied odds to get to where they are right now, and then obviously the powerhouses going up against one right. another too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's been, it's been a fun tournament so far. The organizers are just hoping that they don't get like a Querétaro Charlotte FC with yeah. all due respect to both of those teams in the final because they're on the same side of the bracket so but I know what Querétaro, you're yeah. oh, okay. yeah. Querétaro Minnesota Querétaro Minnesota for example like yeah, yeah. you, you want a big market the fact that America has crashed out Chivas even in the mm -hmm. group stage but America has crashed out that was a big now point. you're like crossing your fingers for a Monterrey Inter Miami yeah. which is Rayados Inter Miami is the biggest matchup mm -hmm. you can Essentially, get yeah. Right. It doesn't matter who plays into Miami. That's probably right. The or, or, and yeah, hoping that into Miami to gets to the final. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, very entertaining so far, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fun. Okay. Very good. All right. We've got plenty more coming your way. We're just getting started. When we come back, Chris Whittingham will join us with all of the latest headlines for today for this morning. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Well, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can catch Attacking Third at 4 p.m. chatting everything women's soccer. Today features Jenny Chu, Lisa Carlin, Darian Jenkins, and Jordan Angeli. It's been a great show so far. The girls kill it every time. It's been really, really entertaining. Awesome great to see. watch. Yeah, great absolutely. Show. And now we get to welcome Chris Whittingham into the show to catch us up on all the latest headlines. How are you doing today? Great to see you. Doing great. It's good to be with you guys. And uh, we got a lot of a lot of news to get to, so let's get in, get stuck into it. Your let's morning footy in. debut. Morning footy debut. Yeah, ready Whitty, to go. Whitty's like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I got to read the news. I've enough of the crosstalk already. <laughs> you know? you got to think of a song. It's your initiation in the next oh. headline segment. You're going to sing for us. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big shout. I don't, know, I don't know if I can do that for you. But let's start with the European Championship. Champions Manchester City. They've been expected to lose Kyle Walker to Bayern Munich, but the English defender has had a change of heart after initially reaching a verbal agreement to join the German champions. According to multiple reports, Walker is staying with City and is expected to sign a contract extension. The 33-year-old is heading into the final year of his contract and decided to stay at the Etihad after talks with Pep Guardiola. Another transfer news, West Ham has started spending the $138 million haul from the Declan Rice sale and are reportedly adding a pair of big names from within the Premier League. According to multiple reports, the Hammers have reached $38 million agreements for both Harry Maguire from Manchester United and James Ward-Prowse from Southampton. 
West Ham is also reportedly pursuing Manchester United midfielder Scott McTominay. From transfers in the works to a completed deal suddenly facing complications. Manchester United signing Rasmus Hoyland is expected to miss at least the first two matches of the Premier League season. The Danish striker recently completed a $92 million transfer to the Red Devils from Serie A side Atalanta, but is dealing with a back issue first discovered it is medical ahead of the transfer. According to The Athletic, Manchester United is aiming to have Hoyland available for their September 3rd clash with Arsenal, though the Red Devils have not put a definitive timeline on his return. In Americans abroad news, USMNT midfielder Malik Tillman is reportedly set to sign a new deal with Bayern Munich. The 21-year-old is coming off a best 11 season on loan with Scottish Giants Rangers, and according to multiple reports, Tillman will now join Dutch Giants PSV on loan, where he will team up with fellow American Ricardo Pepe. The PSV loan will include a purchase option at worth $15 million. We have some American abroad breaking news this morning. Matt Turner has completed a transfer to Nottingham Forest in a deal that could reach $13 million. The USMNT goalkeeper leaves Arsenal after two seasons, playing seven matches for the Gunners in all competitions last season. He now joins a Forest side, searching for a starter after having Kaylor Navas on loan last season. Turner's departure from Arsenal comes as the Gunners finalize a $38 million transfer for Spanish goalkeeper David Rea from Brentford. Alexis, we know you love seeing an American at Arsenal, but now Matt Turner's off to four, so you bummed to see him go. I mean, yeah, as an Arsenal fan, and also the fact that he's an Arsenal uh, supporter as well, growing up, massive Arsenal fan, gets to play for his boyhood club. But hey, you got, you got, uh, you know, you got some time, you got to wear the shirt, you got to play at the stadium, um, and now he moves on to a position where he gets to play day in and day out, at least you expect him to be the starter in Nottingham Forest, and that's a good sign for him internationally, which is what I care about as well. So, you know, hey, props to you. American you, goalkeeper in the Prem. Dude, you that's can text Arteta, awesome. you know what I mean? That's more than I can do. <laughs> it's 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 That's awesome to see. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, for, for him to get reps under his belt. It's great. It's great for him. It's great for his development. It's great for the U.S. men's national team. Yeah. Because it's it, it's been a while since the starting goalkeeper on the men's national team was getting consistent minutes. Like. Are we? Is is it a sure thing he's going to be number one when you when you get? Berhalter has, him, has yeah. chosen his number one. Also, do you know? No, no, no. In, in oh, Forest. at Nottingham Forest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Horvath, as of now, is his backup. Okay. I, I, I think Two Americans, by the way. And do you know their first game? That's what I was going to ask At the Emirates you. against oh, Arsenal. Ah. First game of the season for Nottingham Forest. What an opportunity for him if he does get the start to go up against Arsenal. How do you think he would approach that game? I mean, I hate to say this, Matt. If you're watching, I'm sorry, but I'm rooting for Arsenal. Um, no, no disrespect. Oh, you, you hate you hate to say that you're rooting for. Yeah, Arsenal. I hate to say it, bro. You got other games. Relax. Um, <laughs> but it, honestly, I mean, I'm, I hope he gets demolished. To be honest with you, but I'm sorry. I, I hope so. But that, again, that's my you know club fandom. Yeah. But I want to see him start to develop more. And I think Charlie mentioned it um, the other day. It's not so much of playing with your feet and starting the attack from the back. It's he's going to be asked to be much more of a just a shot stopper and that to me is great to see as well because I want to see him start to shine in those moments it, again. It, it's going to be a season for Forrest where again one of the main goals if not the main goal is getting saved from relegation and he's going to concede more than he's probably used to throughout his entire career because at Revs he was playing for a top team at Arsenal in the handful of Europa League games that he had under his belt Arsenal were always the better team so it's being perfect in coming out of the back in shot stopping, in, in, in certainly winning games in those critical moments. Like we said the last time, when they brought Keylor Navas in, Keylor Navas was a big time player in uh -huh. big time moments to help 
Nottingham Forest kind of just in, in that those last couple of weeks feel safe from from relegation. And, and again, that's that's going to be the goal. It can be ruthless sometimes that fight. And just to refine his skill set, as you mentioned, internationally, I know you're not cheering for him against Arsenal, but just in general for him, we've had him on the show and he's commented on wanting those reps, needing those reps to just mm -hmm. get into his rhythm. So it's an incredible opportunity for him from that perspective. I'd say the most important thing to every single young player from 18 to 27 is to play. Mm -hmm. Play as much football as you can. I think I made the mistake of probably always looking at the economic factor, the financial mm. factor, and that kind of locked me up into places I should probably stay too long at. Uh, but I think you need reps, and for Matt Turner to get reps at that stage. And then the other element is, is also that when you're playing up against Arsenal, the level is always raised. Mm -hmm. Now at Nottingham Forest and some of the other games, I, I think he'll the game will be less intense and he'll have uh, mm. more comfort in that sort of in that sort of situation versus when he's wearing the Arsenal kit. There's a lot of pressure to wear, to wear the Arsenal kit. Well, an exciting time for him. Uh, we chatted a little bit about MLS teams in Leagues Cup in the A block. So when we return, Felipe Cardenas is with us. He's going to chat about the Liga MX sides and those remaining teams. That's when we return. Welcome back to Morning Footy. The quarterfinals are set for Leagues Cup. Here's a look at the brackets. LAFC facing Monterey, Nashville uh, facing Minnesota, and Inter-Miami facing Chicago, uh, Charlotte, excuse me, Philadelphia taking on Carritaro, very good. Uh, and th there was a little bit of a questionable penalty last night in that, in that game that got Monterey to the final. So let's take a look at that one. Yeah, that's a talking point from yesterday. In, in a derby matchup and the big, big rivalry between Tigres and Monterrey, Grella, what's your take? It's penalty, no? That's so soft. Oh, oh you think it's the yeah. soft? For 90 he turns, I, I think, he turned first into First of all, it. that was a terrible angle that we saw. But I think he's on the ground and he's still trying to play the ball and he's making contact with the back of his legs. It's just too... He definitely makes contact with the back of the leg, but the, the, the player turns. Look at him I mean, turn. look here. He's on the ground. There's contact there and he's still oh. on the ground and he gets him with the left as well. It's penalty. If it's called the penalty, there's no there's no angle you could show that's going to overturn it, but it should have been called the penalty in my eyes. It should have. No, it should not have. Oh, really? Ah, it's yeah. soft. so soft. It's really? like, it wasn't, I don't know if Aquino was deliberately trying to bring him down. It's almost as he got stuck in by accident. But I want to get the ball out of my feet and play football, and you're on the he, ground kicking me. Yeah, but no, but if I turn my body into you and almost push you, like push you into a tackle, it was... It yeah, was but that's, a little bit, but that's the that's the that's the key. I think that's the point that I would make. Right, to, to, and then yeah. if you drag me down like deliberately, okay. No, no, he doesn't drag him down. But once he gets that position on you, like this is like a known fact that once you get the position on the on the defender, you can't tackle from behind ever. So as soon as there's any contact, I think it's easy for him to go down Fair. and it's a penalty. It's that back leg. Once, once yeah, that the, back the, leg the, makes the contact. That back leg was in, yeah. I get it. Um, Sergio Canales scored the penalty kick, by the way. He, he was brought over from Betis, international talent for, for Monterrey, against Nahuel Guzman, who we already saw with his antics in the League's Cup on the penalty kick shootout. That, that was mm -hmm. a big penalty kick for him so that the fans can, he can win over the fans very quickly. We could talk to someone who's a bit of an expert. Yeah, it ha we happen to have one yeah. right, right over there, actually. Um, Look at Felipe. Felipe Cardenas, welcome back to the show. We chatted yesterday about the MLS teams in League's Cup, so let's turn our focus a little bit to the remaining uh, Liga MX teams that are in this game. We talked a lot about Tigres and Monterrey yesterday. Did you feel like that game lived up to the hype, both from what we saw on the field and just from the fan support? Yeah, 
It did absolutely. It was. It felt like it felt like a classic and, and and both teams obviously were in it to win it. Uh, and Nico, you mentioned Sergio Canales. You know, this is a signing from Betis. Obviously, a legendary player at Betis. Uh, if you follow La Liga, you know how classy and, and elegant this lefty number ten is. And in Mexico, he was deemed one of the biggest signings in the league's history. You know that that's how big a signing he was. And then he delivers in that 90th minute penalty. I, I agree with Grella. Like it's it's a it's a strange penalty. Uh, the fact that the that, that a derby match is, is decided that way uh, is a bit controversial, but it, it was very much like a laws of the game call. You know, the, the, the positioning of the forward, he he earns that positioning and you've got a player just flailing a little bit from behind and and you go to VAR and, and it gets the pen. But in the end, Monterey gets their revenge. That's what we talked about a couple of days ago here that, you know, they, they Tigres eliminated their rival in the semifinals of the Liga MX playoffs last season. And, and then they meet again in Leagues Cup in, in a tournament that's still, again, very, very divisive in Mexico. A lot of fans last night saying, good, we're out. You know, let's let's focus on on, on getting healthy and, and, and actually playing real soccer in, in the league MX uh, tournament. Uh, but but again, this is now we're down to just two teams from Mexico, Querétaro and Monterrey. And I think that is a story. I, I know mathematically more MLS teams, honestly, uh, in this tournament to begin with. But the fact that Club America goes out last night also just just a big loss for them, too. I just want to follow up quickly on what do you think it would take for some of these the Mexican fan bases to to be more interested in this tournament? Like, what would need to change for there to be more interest, for them to want to see these teams advance and kind of move forward? Is it, is it because, for them, it doesn't have a lot of significance? Or, or what's the reasoning? It's, it, you know, I think it's a, it's a bit of a, a broad question, right? Like, one, is just something that's new. It's new. Mm-hmm. It's a new tournament, so it's difficult to to adjust to something that's that's brand new for, for both leagues. Uh, and, you know, Grella mentioned it. We've been talking about it on, on the show several times. The fact that it's it's only being played stateside, there, there is talk about just the tournament being um, – a bit one-sided, you know, a, a big advantage for MLS sides playing in their own stadiums. And, 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 you know, that, that is a bit of a disadvantage for league MX teams. The fact that it is very much a commercial commercially based concept of bringing in the, the both two, these two leagues together that we've seen that are, that are growing closer together as far from an economic standpoint, Mikhail Ariola, the, the league MX president never shine away from the fact that, Getting closer to Liga to, to MLS is, is a financial play for Liga Mekis. And so fans hear those things and they don't they don't like it. They they want to focus on the sporting part of 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 the tournament of their own leagues as well. And so I think it's just a, a adjusting to that. Uh, obviously not playing games in Mexico too. You know, whether if this if we don't know though, if these games were played in Mexico and suddenly the fans are saying we don't care about Club America play Nashville at the Azteca, you know, we could see that as well. But I think as as the tournament continues to evolve, you're either going to jump on or jump off the bandwagon. And I think that's going to happen in the future. We'll see. Frankly, I don't I don't think Liga MX cares too much what Liga MX fans in Mexico think about this tournament because the Liga MX fans in the United States really love this tournament. They get to see up close. And that's the whole thing. It's the same conversation with the Mexican national team. That's why they, some brings them for tours in in the United States. But particularly, there's another team, Felipe, that's not as high profile as the Americas, Tigres, and Monterrey's of the world and Chivas's of the world. 
What's up with Querétaro? Querétaro is mind-bogglingly in this quarterfinal, a team that doesn't pay its players, that had issues with fan violence a year and a half ago. Who would have thought that they could compete in the League's Cup in the way that they're competing? Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's it's a story. the 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 club Querétaro story is has been overshadowed by by the Messi performances, right? Like we talked about this yesterday. The fact that this this league's cup has been dominated uh, by Messi, and that's fine. How how could we deny that? Uh, but if you remember, yeah, a, a year ago, uh, March in twenty twenty two, I was I was on the ground in Querétaro just days after. Uh, you know, the tragic fan violence that occurred at their stadium that uh, eventually shut down the, the club. Uh, the, the owners of the club received five-year bans from Liga Amekis. The stadium received a one-year ban. Uh, there was talk of the club ceasing to exist. That's that's how close it came. You know, they were going to be dissolved. That was one of the, the ramifications that was discussed at the Liga MX level and at the FMF level, the federation level, of how to deal with fan violence. Uh, and so I remember being there and just thinking, like, I, I didn't see a future for the club, honestly. I didn't see it. I thought, like, that was the end of it. It had been such, um, you know, such a violent display uh, the, for the world to see uh, that the, the security concerns and then just the financial uh, sanctions were going to be too tough to to follow up on. And you mentioned it. This is a brand. This is a new team. They had to gut the team, bring in new players, sell players. Uh, they've had issues with getting with players being paid on time. Uh, they've started over a complete reset and the league's cup has been their opportunity i think to show i guess you can say the world now because because messi has shown a light uh, on this tournament that they can play and that they're trying to survive and and again this they made the liga mekis playoffs last year you know they 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 barely scraping in but they were in it so i think it just shows that the club itself the players have a reason to play and for you know all the talk of fans and and, and perhaps players not caring as much about league's cup you know this is proof that they do and i'll just say one thing you saw the games last night the players care the players mm -hmm. want to yeah. play the coaches care i mean it's obvious like that that one is you can't debate that one but club club Caretaro is just this is a story now it's just been overshadowed by the performances of Leo Messi, but now they have their opportunity to get through to the semifinal. Felipe, what is the what is the long-term plan? Obviously, League's Cup has grown to this point. Every year, it seems like it's gotten bigger. Now, it seems we're at the point where we've kind of solidified it as a tournament. You know, uh, Messi being included has certainly added a lot of eyes, but it does seem like both sides care. Where can this grow to? Is this something that they're hoping competes with CONCACAF Champions League? Is this something that maybe they hope competes with Copa Libertadores or something of that nature? It's interesting. I, I filed a story yesterday. It should be. Hopefully it's out today for The Athletic about just a temperature check of what Lee's Cup is and how it can evolve. I spoke with Don Garber uh, and Mikel Ariola, both you know, president of League MX and obviously the MLS commissioner. And that, that those are some of the, the questions that were asked to, to these two executives. Like, what, how does this evolve? Like, what is the future of Lee's Cup? And, and, and not to blow up my spot, I want you guys to read the story. But, uh, you know, Don Garber did mention, you know, who's to say that more international teams can't play hmm. in this tournament. Hmm. Uh, who's to say, you know, he even talked hmm. about the rumors that he had heard about Copa Libertadores coming to the United States and, and, and what does that mean for MLS sides? And so uh, the, the, the way that I tabled this is that someone like Don Garber, in my opinion, I, I just don't think he is shying away from the internationalization of MLS. Like that is something that I think Messi has now propelled for the league to, to go after more international visibility. And if League's Cup is an avenue to do that, 
then it, they may do that. I think they're going to walk away from this tournament saying, obviously saying it was a success and and and, and the fans were there and the sponsors loved it. Uh, and the exposure was was worth was worth the, the two years of coming up with this type of tournament. Uh, but I do think expansion could be interesting. Uh, and, and we'll see. I think they're t- certainly open to anything at this point. That was one thing that Garber said. You know, he's proud of the fact that perhaps from the outside, outside of the MLS bubble, they look at MLS around the world saying, wow, they, they, they try things like that is that is a bit of an out of the box idea. And that's something that I think he wants to expand on. Felipe, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for joining the show this morning with us. Take care, guys. We've got plenty more coming your way. When we come back, we're playing This or That Season Prediction Edition. So we'll see how that goes. That's when we return on Morning Footy. Time to have a little fun. We're going to play This or That, which is essentially, I assume, Would You Rather? Yeah. Uh, And we're going to do this as a season prediction version. So you ready to get started? Okay, let's do it. Okay, This or That, number one, who will last longer, Ange Postacoglu or Mauricio Pochettino? Oh, this is tough. That's a really good question. Chelsea traditionally fires uh, their managers and really big fast. big expectations for Chelsea this year, I'm especially in the rebuild. <sighs> wow. Tottenham versus Chelsea. Who will I, I have sack more faith. first? I have more faith in Chelsea's football at the moment with the squad that they've put together. They've, You're choosing Pochettino. They've washed. So predictable, they've, Nico. They've taken out... I just think if, if Harry Kane goes or if it doesn't go well, it's going to hinge a lot on if the atmosphere that they create around Harry Kane at Spurs, it can go south very quickly. The, who was the last manager to come from a top Scottish team into the Prem? Stevie G at Aston Villa. How long did he last? Not that much. Poch has a proven track record in the Prem. Poch. Okay. Uh, Pochettino is, is going to last longer. I think also... Ah, I'm giving Reagan a whole team because I chose my countrymen. Come on. But I, I think also that um, Chelsea understands now a little bit more that they need time. They need time with a the group. They need time with a the manager. They need time for the whole thing to, to, to come together. Uh, they tried to do everything quick fire uh, with, the, with the way they were buying players and yep. realized that that doesn't work. So I think with Pochettino, by default, he, he'll, uh, he'll get more time. I don't know. Their top striker just went down with a pretty bad injury. Uh, it's going to be a while until he gets back. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't know what Anj Pastakoglu's bar for success is. If his, if his bar top for success. Four. But, if it, but it, it might not even get to that point because if his bar for success is play well enough that Harry Kane wants to stay. No. He Harry might Kane not. will only stay if they make top four. Yeah. He but I don't think he'll stay. wait long enough to find out if they make top four or not. There's a, I, I have a feeling he's going to make such a stink he wants to leave in January. So Oof. I'm going to say Pochettino as well. All right. Very good. Let's move on. This or that. Number two. Who will have more goal involvement? Christian Pulisic or Tim Weah? Ooh, why would you pin us against our own countrymen? Oh, that's for me, that's simple. Pulisic. Pulisic, for sure. Didn't he just get a goal yesterday, Pulisic? Yeah, I mean, he's taking corners. Rebound from a penalty, he's taking corners. Yeah. Uh, he'll be involved a lot. I think he's an exciting player. Milan likes to play higher up the pitch. Uh, and and, and Wea is playing more, more or less as a wing back in an Allegri side that doesn't want to play attacking football at all. They're not concerned with scoring goals. 1-0, they shut down shop. Milan will play a lot in transition, I think Pulisic. It's asking a lot of Pulisic to be healthy for an entire season. I hate to say that, but it's been a while. So, it has. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with uh, Christian Pulisic only because he does play higher up the pitch in a more uh, attacking club. More but opportunity. he's got to stay healthy. So I think it's tight. Serie A expert, I think it'll be tight too. Give me a, a, a number with just, just right now, early season predictions, goal involvements for Pulisic. Goal involvement. Like, what's a good goals and I'm a little old school. I'll, I'll just say, I'll say for Pulisic, I think nine goals, nine assists, something like That's that. That's a good season. Which is very yeah. good. That's a yeah. good season. I just think we're so we've gotten so used to the Messi Ronaldo numbers, yeah. like these exaggerated numbers yeah. that we it's it's difficult to go back and recognize that nine goals, nine assists, that's decent, eighteen goal involvements is, is yeah. a good season yeah. for for yeah. Christian. And Pulisic, by, by the way, though, uh, way out looks legit. Oh, looks yeah. amazing. Playing uh, as, as a wingback for Juventus looks something. very good. He is legit. Yeah, yeah. looks very He's good. Him. And the right attitude. Every time you hear him, him say something. Him. Yeah. 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 Okay, let's move on. Number three, this or that. What were the, will there be more of? Erling Holland goals or goals from any newly promoted Premier League side? Holland goals. <laughs> Holland goals. I mean, this is a guy you just I mean, can't, you can't bet against, you know. Who's the newly promoted, promoted club? No, I'm kidding. I don't think Luton Town is going to score <laughs> as, many, as many goals. No disrespect. Yeah, I think uh, early on. Although I don't think City are going to have as, as good a season as they had last year. I mean, but that's hard to repeat that, right? Yeah, it's Erling Holland. Goals. What do we have, 52? The newly promoted from last season. Just so you can get an idea, Southampton scored 36 goals. Right. Well, they were horrific. Though. Yeah. And then, and then Leeds scored 48 goals. And he had, what, 52 in all, yeah. across all competitions? Leicester, had, Leicester scored a lot. Leicester had 51. Those are the relegated teams. But Nottingham, Nottingham Forest scored 38 goals. Yeesh. Wow. Okay. Erling Holland. Holland, if he has another. Right. It would be. That's if he incredible does, context, though, and, just, and, and to, those, just to see how he I mean, stacks up against a, literally a full team. If, mm-hmm. he can, if he can have one of, another prolific goal-scoring season, it's one thing to do it one season. But this guy... Mm-hmm. It looks like he's hungry to just do it every single mm-hmm. season. He's a machine. Oh, yeah. he's a machine. Literally. Cyborg. Okay, number four, this or that. Who will go further in Champions League, Union Berlin or Lons? Union. That's my team. Okay. <laughs> Union, they're pragmatic. They, they have, they've already had experience in, in, in Europe. The, stado, the Stadion Alden Foresterei is bumping every time that they get European football. Um, Lance killed it, but I feel like the run, the a fourth place in Bundesliga can can be better than runner-up in Liga. They got Brendan Aronson too. Yeah, they, two Americans yeah. on that team. Oh, that's right. I forgot yep. Petfak is there as well. Um, yeah, look, I've been to the stadium. I went to a game. It's electric. It's a lot of fun. It's super old school. You feel like you're part of a community. Yeah, it's awesome. But, but you know, oh, Ligon no. Le- needs this, man. Ligon needs they, they this. They really do. They really do. So, Lons, I'm pulling for you, I'm bro. I'm going four for four in agreement with uh, Nico. Yeah. Wow, there look you. At I this. literally went the other way just it's to have something It's because you're both wearing separate. beige today. You guys are, like, very <laughs> yeah, very muted. Today. You, ha- you raised a good point. We p- spoke about the coefficients. It's, it's, this is the European season, yeah. the battle between the Netherlands and France for clubs to do well in Europe. They need it so bad. Okay, last but not least, number five. What will, what will there be more of? Mourinho red cards, he had three last season, or Richardson uh, yellow cards for celebrating. Richard Richarlison. Richarlison, guys, yeah. I'm struggling, it's early. Don't uh, worry about it. it's a ton of player. Richarlison yellow cards for celebrating disallowed goals. He had two last season. Mourinho reds. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Richarlison at one point is gonna, he, he learned his lesson at this point. 
Mourinho, I think. I think this is the third year of his project, and he wants to get something done now. It hasn't quite been good enough, and so I think if they're not there again, the frustrations will boil over, and he'll he'll get a bunch of bunch of reds. I think Mourinho's contract has a bonus for how many red cards he gets. It's part of the show. It's part of the Mourinho show is him flipping out, maybe not waiting for an official uh, in the parking lot, but it's part of the show. Richarlison, I I don't believe that he's he's sort of learned anything, to be honest with you, although he is now the, the guy up top for, for Tottenham, so he's got a lot more uh, pressure on his shoulders. Yeah. But come on, the, the Mourinho show? Mourinho without anger is not the Mourinho show. But what did, what did he do last season? Was it last season where he wore a camera or he recorded the referee? He wore a wire. He wore a wire, wire. dude. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe if the referees are like, this guy's wearing a wire, maybe they're more uh, you know apprehensive to give him a, a, a red card or a yellow card, but we'll, we'll see. It's, it's hard. He can't control his temper. So. Um, and Richarlison, one of those yellow cards, he scored... He took off his shirt, yeah. he got a yellow card, and then it was called back through VAR. So uh-huh. I don't even know if one of those goals counted. It's so crazy. He, he's struggling to score goals. And I think the fact that he takes off his shirt, it's almost like, I told you so type of thing, because he's been under so much pressure to score at Spurs, because he was brought on like the... How many the goals first... did he score last year? Two? Yeah. Very, very little. And it, I feel like it's... Uh... But also, this is Mourinho's third year. That's usually when he hits the, you know... The, That's true. The, 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 the <laughs> 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 when he goes nutty. So this could be fun. Hey, this could pro- be a fun seriosity. Props bro. to uh, production. That yeah, was, they did a good job, right? Ten were ten you guys, single were one. you five for five with each other? Were we? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I picked Lons as opposed to Union. It's the only one that we all disagree on. All right. Very good. This was fun. We'll do this again. Uh, and Bezo Zamane joins us next when we return on Morning Footy. Lots more to chat. Just getting started, everyone.